Hello everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of The Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris, and with me today is former Alabama Crimson Tide and Seattle Seahawks linebacker Cornelius Wortham. How you doing today? I'm doing fine, Nick. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. Now, you played with the Tide from 2000 to 2004. You had 264 tackles, 130 of those being solo, 3 sacks, 12 and a half stops for, uh, for losses of 37 plus yards, a fumble recovery, a pick, and I can go on and on, but <laughs> your career, of course, did not stop at Bama. You were drafted to the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks in the 2005 draft, where you went on to experience what uh, very few people have ever had the chance to do, and that's being a Super Bowl. Uh, it's very yes. cool. But before we dive into your past, though, I, I would like to ask, you know, what what does life for you, look for you like these days? What you got going on? Uh, my current business is that I do I do own a company, JCW Enterprises, a leadership and management company. Um, and what we do, um, we just we we seek uh, to, to build leadership and management throughout the corporation, corporate America. But also, um, we love to inspire uh, and and try to bring out the best in each individual that we meet. Uh, and with that said, is that I have a slogan, um, a logo, and it, and it's uh, I see worth. Um, we want to be able for everyone that we come in contact for you to be able to see worth. I develop uh, mental coins, uh, and for short, mint coins. Um, and I and I started to develop that. We know during the pandemic that everyone that mental health became a greater issue it always been in the, the forefront because of me uh, in my i have a master in psychology so i i deal with mental I, I love how the minds work and so i have dedicated uh my life uh after football uh being that servant i think everybody can be a servant everybody can can find a way to help someone uh, to be the best they can be each day. Um, and actually, on Monday, February the 14th, uh, I'm actually launching uh, my uh, department store, uh, online department store called Worth 8. Everything is there. It's custom made. You know, normally when you see something with someone where they say, that look good on you. You know, someone to say, well, that dress look good on you. That shirt look good on Is that more of my brand and more of what we are trying to do that you make that look good. Uh, and so we're trying to really uh, build up the, the mental and emotional side and, and help everyone get through those dark days. Well, that's awesome to hear. I know that, you know, especially in the sports world, maybe not as much these days as in the past, but it's still very much there is the stigma kind of against mental health. And um, yes. and it, it's very refreshing to hear a guy who played at, at such a high level to uh, – to kind of give back to that and to uh, to understand that and try to help other people who, you know, may have their own issues going on. I think that's that's a wonderful thing to hear and a wonderful thing you've got going on there. Uh, so I'm, I'm congratulations on that and everything else you got going on. That's uh, you got a you're a busy well, man. <laughs> man, thank you, Nick. I stay busy and my my, my kids keep me busy as well. My wife uh, is that I'm a father of six. Um, I actually have a son. Um, Christian Wortham, he plays at South Alabama, wide receiver. Um, and so um, this fall, I'll be busy uh, being a dad. And that, and that's one of the things that I love, of uh, being able to be uh, is a family man. Family is big for me. Uh, and to be able um, to watch the game from uh, not a fan, uh, but a dad lens, uh, and, and not a student of the game. And that, that meant so much to me uh, because – 
Um, you, you know, it's kind of hard when you're a competitor. And when you play at the University of Alabama, and I tell everybody all the time is that it's, it's different. Um, you can see the swag even now and past players that come on and talk. And you meet past players. Um, you really um, learn a lot. Um, and you, you gain camaraderie. And, and you do a lot of things that help um, build you for what I'm doing now. Uh, because the reason why is, is that I, I have not always been at, in this mental state. Um, and, and so, especially as athletes, is that uh, when you have structure and, and then you move away from that structure, uh, I think sometimes mentally and emotionally um, we lose um, that having to be somewhere. We, we, we lose that competitiveness. Uh, we lose that closeness of, of all your life. You've been doing a certain thing. Now it's time to move on to the next thing. And so I'm just there to just make that transition no matter where you're at and help meet people in the world, man. Well, that is uh, that is just great to hear. Uh, you did mention your time at Alabama. If you don't mind, I would like to talk a little bit about that. Uh, what are some of your favorite memories at Alabama? It is, it is going to be probably weird and crazy to people. I think that my... Um, favorite memory is when Coach Fran left uh, and and um, and we had a coach come in and Coach Price came in and all the turmoil that happened between that and then um, all that happened of what went on us not having a coach and, and Coach Shula coming in. I think those uncertainty and uh, it's not one favorite, but the, I think the the challenges and the adversity of uh, being on probation, uh, but still playing at a high level, all these things that you can't control, but but able to put a competitive team on the field. I think that is my most fond memories of in all the games that we won. But the most fond memory to me is that adversity because because I feel that sometimes we're tested not to show our weakness, but to discover our strength. And I think during that time, people might have seen, could have, might have on the outside, might have seen it, looked at Alabama of having weakness, but I seen the strength. I seen guys that had, that could have transferred, that stayed. And, and because of us and because of that group, is that now you, where you see Alabama is where it's at because some of those guys were still there when Coach Saban got there. And just that mentality and that grit of that, you know, everything doesn't doesn't go well in life. And I think being able to be in those situations, being able to be through that coaching change, to me, as I look back today, is that that is my – most fondest memory, but the most important thing besides that, always gonna be coming out of Brian Denny. That's that's gonna be top. Yeah, that can't be nothing coming out of Brian Denny. Oh, that is awesome. That's a very uh, interesting perspective too, because I believe I, I feel that a lot of people would have a hard time having that mindset. It, you know, it, it, a lot of people maybe do not have a hard time appreciating adversity or challenges, but it seems that, you know, <laughs> know. You, I'm different. I'm yeah, different than that. Yeah. I, and people who, if you, if you ever meet people and they ask you about corn, they're going to tell you, it's like, he's, his mindset different. He's different. Well, speaking of, of course, you ended up uh, being drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. What is that? How surreal is that experience to, to hear your name, to see, 
to be drafted. I imagine that's you know it's such a, a crazy experience. I would think. It was Nick. The, the the thing is that I come from a small town, Cal City, Mississippi, and so coming from a small town, when I graduated high school, I came from a one A, uh, and 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 for the first time is that no one had ever been drafted from my high school until I got drafted, and so it's so surreal because you hear about it, hear people talk about it, but to get a, a unknown number, and and by that time. Uh, you when you see these numbers pops up, you know now we have smartphones and they'll tell you, um, like when someone calling from Birmingham or different things or area code Alabama, and they, it'll tell you. Uh, then you know the phone ringing and it's a it's a different number, uh, and then when you answer it and they tell you to please, they ask you your name and they tell you to please hold. And you heard the elevator music, and it comes on and. Coach Holmgren came on and he said, hey, Cornelius, this Cornelius is working. I said, yes, sir. He said, how would you like to be a Seahawk? That's amazing. That's something that you you dream about. Um, that's something that you work hard. But when it happens, it seems like time stops. And when it happens, you can take that deep breath. And you was like, wow. And you, you shed the tears and you celebrate with your family. Uh, because you are drafted. Um, and so that was one of the things that I was able, God allowed me to experience. Um, and it's something that, and, and when you talk about it, because a lot of times, you know, and it, it's crazy, Nick, I really haven't, until I got the key to the city. I, last August, I was presented the key to my city. And at that point, and, I, and it's probably crazy, I had never really sat out and thought about all my accomplishments. I, I always move to the next and try to get better. I never, because I always felt in my mind, if I, if I, if I think about it, I'll, I'll become complacent. And so I really never, and until I was presented the key of the city, and I really sat down and I really took everything in of coming from a small town in Cal City uh, where people didn't think, you know, coming from a town where they're old missing state. And so you, and they're both in the SEC. They're Mississippi State Ole Miss fans. My mom and dad both graduated from Ole Miss. But I'm going at the University of Alabama. And so you in a, a town, you in the heart of Mississippi where, hey, they don't like Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, it's, it's nowhere you can go that they truly like them. But hey, in Mississippi, hey, they don't like the University of Alabama. And so to be able to step out that, to be able to be able to start at the University of Alabama and be all SEC outside and inside linebacker to be drafted uh, and to be able to experience the senior bowl, to be able to experience uh, going to the combine in Indianapolis. And what's crazy is that I went to the combine in Indianapolis and I and I reside in Indianapolis today. Uh, and so that's where I met my wife. And so to experience that and then also experience the Super Bowl is that when you look back is that every level being able to experience the things uh, that go along with this with this journey uh, and to be able to talk to inspiring uh, kids and talk about it as well because I was injured as well I had micro I had to, my career ended with having micro I had to have micro uh, fractures surgery and so letting them know okay. This is your dream. 
But also know that you also have to have a saving and a checking after that, meaning that you have to have something that you can bank on that's going to carry you the rest of your life because you can't play the game of football forever. And so I think when we're coming from educators, I think of being able to experience all of these things and understanding that when the hardest thing to do is to sit in a doctor's office and they tell you, hey, you're not going to be able to play football anymore. It hurts. Uh, and so that's the reason why, because I have been in that dark place. When I was, when they gave me that um, prognosis in 2007, I mean, I really went to a dark place. And even though I was able to function, I learned how to function in the darkness. Um, but I knew that I somehow you have to pull yourself to the light. And so in, in order to pull yourself to the light, as we talked about, I had a different mental perspective going into when I was in the darkness. Some players don't have that perspective. They, they need us to help them see the light. And then we don't help them, then that's when you see a, a, a higher rate of the suicide, a higher rate of overdose and different things like that. But being able to just help someone be better through my story. And it has been a great story, Nick. Oh, that is, that's just, I mean, fantastic to hear because he, like we said, you've done something almost no one on earth has done. You played in a Super Bowl, Super Bowl yes. 40. <laughs> um, Super Bowl 40. How hard is it to contain your excitement when you're preparing for the game? Because I feel like that would be, that would take a lot of mental uh, toughness to just not be partying constantly. <laughs> but it does, and, 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 yeah. and you have to understand, like, when you when you look at it, um, the week between between is what you really have to gauge yourself. Why? Because we know that they say that the Rose Bowl is Granddaddy Omar, but everybody gets ready for the Super Bowl, and it's center stage, and you know everybody's going to be watching you, and so it's it, you have to be able to to uh, control your emotion, and then it, it, it's difficult. In Seattle, because Seattle at the time never been to the Super Bowl before, so we were the first team in Seattle history to even make it to the Super Bowl. And so, during that week is, is is when you was able to get. And and I like how we did it during that week leading up to it, um, because our Super Bowl was Super Bowl Forty in Detroit. Is that we um, you get all your tickets. You get all your flights and different things for your family, getting them on the family charter, uh, getting the hotels and different things like that. So if you have parents that may be separated or you have family members that don't get along, you have enough time to sit and say, okay, I want this this family, these family members to stay at this hotel, and they're going to stay at this hotel. Um, getting all the logistics in order, signing footballs and all of that, trying to get the emotion on. And so Coach Homer had been there several times. He said, hey, we're going we gonna to look at film and look at different things. But when we get to Detroit, we got to lock in. And so that's what happened. And so coming from the West Coast, flying into Detroit uh, to play at Ford Field, um, is that it's still unreal. The unrealness is, is that you have to look at back over my life and the adversity of coming. Is that coming from a small town in Mississippi, going to the University of Alabama, getting adversity there with coaches, getting injured as well, then getting drafted, now you being able to play in the Super Bowl. All those range of emotions, you have to be able to lock in and get it. And so you really don't realize it until Sunday comes. And when 
things will change. The pregame uh, is longer. Is that you know halftime is going to be longer, but you really have to be able to to hold your motion, and when them lights hit you, and that's it. And the and the, and the thing that gets you is is when the ball is kicked off and you are whether you kicking it off or receiving of the opening kickoff, and we were receiving, uh, and when you see all them cameras, them flashes, and because as a kid and, and as a spectator, you see the flashes of the Super Bowl and all the cameras going off, but now you experience it live. That is, that's so cool. That's interesting to me, too, that uh, that's something that kind of stuck out to you are the flashes of the cameras because... It, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting because... You know, I always, I've, I've, that's what I've been kind of wondering these past few weeks is if you're in the Super Bowl, what is, you look around you and there's so much going on, what kind of sticks out in your mind? It's interesting that that's kind of one of those things for you. Uh, it is because, you know, a lot of people on a team, you have veterans that had experience, and on that Seattle team, we really didn't have anybody had experience the Super Bowl. So you had to listen to what Coach Homer and some of the coaches were talking about, Coach Ray Bob, uh, Coach Rose, and different things like that. Uh, but one, I'm gonna tell you one thing that I tell people, I tell my kids, they always love the story, is that when we got uh, to the hotel, when we first made it to the Super Bowl, and so um, they gave everybody uh, rental cars, and so you don't really know what rental car you got until you put the, until you do the flash, until you do the alarm, you know, the key fob. Yeah. And so we all out there in the parking lot trying to find the cars. And so, you know, you have one of them things is that if you if, if you have a veteran um, that wanted your car, you could sign a thing and they could get that trade and do different things. But it was amazing to go out there and see those cars had a Super Bowl 40 emblem on them and everybody out there trying to see what type of rental that they have and do different things like that. Um, but that was amazing. That was um, real amazing, uh, and then to to play in the game, um, the leading up. Um, I, I I tell people all the time is that um, Aretha Franklin she sang "America the Beautiful," um, and so when you when you and and you know as you know she passed away um, maybe last year or maybe the year before, having those memories that that was the first time I ever heard her sing in person to be able to experience that. Uh, to be able um, to experience a lot of things. And even though that the outcome wasn't what I wanted, uh, that we wanted, of course, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, won a game, is that as that was 16 years ago, um, and I also talk about it in my book, is that no one really cared that I lost the game. It was that the point that I played in the game that matters. I think that's interesting that you hit on that too because um... – about uh, more important to play in the game to a lot of people than to uh, to win it, and I think that is true, and I think that's true even for athletes. Whether you know whether they won games or lost games, it seems like athletes at the end of their career they don't re- you know they obviously cherish the the wins and everything, but it seems like most of their uh, favorite memories happen in a locker room. Somebody says something funny or. Uh, they remember hanging out with this person and making a lifelong friend, and it's less about kind of the win and more like the experiences. Would you say that's that's it, true? It is, especially with me, because failure is a part of success. Um, you you have to be able to fail and different things outside. Like 
success has never to me have been defined what the scoreboard says. I never have been, I never really looked at the scoreboard defining. Um, I think the defining is, uh, is, is that someone got better in something that, that game. Um, someone improved uh, their mindset. Uh, and it was an opportunity for us to get together as a team. The scoreboard may or may, may or may not reflect that. Uh, but it doesn't make, it doesn't, it does not uh, damper the work that we put in in the week. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, and, and so, you know, with that said is, is that you have those memories where um, you, you set out, um, you walk the quad, you do different things um, outside of the game of, of being around um, memory. Because my greatest memory of, of my dear friend that, that lost his life last week, uh, Santonio Beard, it, it was not between the lines. Um, it, it's themes of, of sitting out, of doing sp- out the spring practice, of B Sci-Fi Week, of, of him telling you different things about life. Uh, uh, he was a little older, telling him t- uh, things about talking about what we see on the game and different things like that. And so, yes, I think that with the the memories happen also outside, outside the lines, uh, because outside the lines is where you can really be able to communicate. You can be able to learn more about an individual, learn more. Because when I was at the University of Alabama, everybody knew me because I had kids. I already had two boys when I was in school. Um, so <laughs> what would be funny is, is that, you know, look, as you laugh about, we in meetings and, and Coach Kimes or Coach Torbush, I had different linebacker coach that asked me would I be, they knowing I'd be able to attend the game. They was like, hey, was you able to find a babysitter? Those fun things that makes you laugh, you know, and everybody laughs and, and, and have fun. Well, I, um, I really appreciate, you know, the, the words you said about Santonio Beard. I know a lot of Alabama and college football fans do as well. That was a, you know, a sudden, unexpected, yes. uh, upsetting loss. Um, Bentley. Yeah. Bentley Beard. <laughs> Bentley. Yeah. That's our Bentley. That's right. Yeah, and – uh yeah, that was that was. I, I believe I read that on Saturday morning, whichever morning after it had happened, and I just remember thinking like, "Oh man, that's you know that's uh, that, that's a big lot. That's that's somebody around here that people still talk about and that people care deeply man, about." And um, it, it is, Nick. So yeah. you, you you can kind of see how um, this this game of football and, and, and everything runs, and even going to the Super Bowl, um, you can see how uh, an impact um, that this game makes. Um, and, and that when you meet people, the inspiration that they have. Well, that's that's really great, and uh, I you know I really appreciate your story and you sharing it with me and talking to me about this. It's it's been very fun and uh, and really inspiring to talk to you. I, it, like I said, uh, all the adversity you face and the just the uh, the optimistic attitude and the prevailing uh, attitude you have is just very so refreshing and. Uh, before we go, though, you did mention your book, uh, Mint Coins. Would you like to uh, mention where anyone who might be interested could get that? Yes, it's, uh, it's entitled Mint Coins, uh, short for mental coins, Power to Winning Mindset. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it books a million. Um, you can type it in. Uh, the easiest to get it to is Amazon. Um, it's Mint Coins, Power of the Winning Mindset. Uh, and so uh, it's not a long book. Uh, it's one of those books uh, that I wanted to to to. Uh, put out, uh, and, and what it does is is that it's something that you can go back and reference, um, and, and it talks about mint coins. Um, it talks about um, 
it gives you four coins, um, and, it, and it goes in depth about the mule coin. Um, and, and what I call the mule coin, if, you, if anybody are collectors of coins, is that a mule coin is two-sided. Is that it might be a nickel on one side and a penny is printed wrong. And I think um, the mule coin that I, I, I bring out is adversity. And that's why you've seen in the column that I talked about adversity and different things like that. Because it, adversity is that mule coin in your life. Is that is how you are able to handle. Uh, and, I, and I think that uh, mint coins... The power of the winning mindset is a stepping stone. Um, so you can you can kind of get in the mind of, of Cornelius Wortham. You can kind of um, look at some things that have helped me get to the point of being um, success, um, being very – I think at this point when I look at it, I can say I've been very successful um, is that I, I built my own company from the ground up, me, J, JCW Enterprise, um, on Monday, uh, February the 14th. Uh, I will be open an online uh, department store in his in his walking motivation uh, about I see worth uh, my name end up becoming a brand in uh, this and also um, I have YouTube uh, Cornelius worth of the mental error and and here's the thing Nick you have never heard the term mental error you have heard of a millionaire but I'm the first mental error the reason why I'm a multi uh, mental error is the reason why that I have. I have acquired a lot of deposit mentally um, in my mental bank. Um, and, and so I, I just feel that if you don't deposit, um, if you don't do different things in your mental bank, you won't become bankrupt. Um, and that leads to stress and that leads to a lot of negative activities. Um, and so you, you know your regular bank account get uh, overdrawn. You know what that happens and what that looks like. Uh, and so, um, mint coins, power with a minute, winning mindset, you can get it at Amazon, you can do books a million, um, you can search it, uh, and you can be able to get that. And also, um, the Worth 8 uh, store will be open on Monday, uh, and that's www.worth-8.com. Uh, um, so you can be able to get that out and be able to support us um, and, and support what we're doing uh, because we're trying we try to change the world one coin at a time. And that's what we're doing, Nick. Thank you for having me tonight. Oh, thank you for talking with me. And we're looking forward to the uh, opening of that store. We'll keep an eye on that. I'll link that in the description too, so that anybody who's interested can just click the link right there when it's up Monday. Um, so thank you so much again, Cornelius. It's been great talking to you. All right, then. Talk to you later. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. We'll see you. We'll see you.